Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Good afternoon. This is Tracy Murda on behalf of Richard Jacobs here at Future Tech Podcast. Today, I am very excited to have a very special guest, Habib Torfi of Invitrix Therapeutics, who is joining me on this call to talk to us about stem cell therapy. Welcome, Habib. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day for us. Uh, thank you, Tracy, for the invite. Uh, look forward to a, a nice conversation here. Well, this is obviously stem cell research therapy, all of these things. It's, it's a hot topic. It's always in the news. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your involvement throughout the years in stem cell technology and research. Yes, uh, Invitex Therapeutics uh, uh, was uh, founded uh, by uh, a group of scientists back in uh, uh, 2003. Uh, we are a pioneer in regenerative medicine. We were part of a group in UCLA that had a hypothesis that if you have a stem cell in bone marrow, bone marrow being mesenchymal, will you have a stem cell in fat? Uh, and we set out to basically prove that hypothesis that, uh, in fact, uh, adipose drive or fat tissue uh, do contain variety of stem cells uh, and uh, that these cells uh, do uh, differentiate and self-renew as a characteristics uh, of a stem cells. If you can, let me know a little bit about sort of the, the background and sort of the nuts and bolts of what exactly is the, the background and the, the pieces that make stem cell technology work? So these uh, cells, uh, because of uh, uh, their ability to differentiate and uh, their ability to reduce inflammation, uh, they have some level of therapeutic uh, uh, proudness and uh, they, in uh, different type of stem cells, are uh, thousands of uh, clinical trials that are ongoing as far as finding which type of uh, these stem cells are uh, have a therapeutic effect in certain diseases. Case in point, uh, there are a group of uh, researchers that are looking at uh, embryonic stem cells. Uh, we have looked at fat. We are also currently looking at cord blood. You have uh, 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 bone marrow stem cell that has been used since the 1960s in cancer therapy, among other uh, uh, diagnoses or diseases. So the uh, the field is uh, wide and spread all over the spectrum as far as type of diseases that one can address, be it osteoarthritis of the knee, or uh, in uh, some cases. Uh, uh, spinal cord injury, among other diseases from uh, neurodegenerative disorders, 
uh, Alzheimer's and Parkinson and a light. So there are really uh, there's a body of uh, science and evidence that uh, suggests that some of these uh, therapeutic potentials of the stem cell are here and uh, is uh, for us both as a uh, a commercial entity and research universities to find and to develop certain protocols to try to address some of these uh, diseases that are hard to cure or uh, that uh, uh, this, some of these patients may need in order to uh, recover from their conditions or perhaps uh, the physicians can use this as yet another tool in their tool uh, toolbox mm -hmm. to treat and uh, affect the outcome of uh, some of these uh, patients and their conditions. So, Habib, is I mean, generally speaking, who is a good candidate for this type of treatment, for stem cell treatment? Is there anyone or any type of person or body type that is just absolutely, you know, not a good fit for this type of, of thing? Or is it pretty much kind of open to anyone who, you know, might be, I guess, an eligible, so to speak? So we uh, like to go after what we consider the uh, low-hanging uh, food. For example, one of the conditions that we uh, seen uh, some uh, great improvement is a minimally invasive procedure, let's say, in the osteoarthritis of the knee. Obviously, uh, this is a condition that is uh, widespread. A lot of people do have uh, a knee problem of sort. So really, uh, our product, especially our off-the-shelf uh, cord blood product, could be that product where one can basically inject this is minimally invasive. It can be done in a clinical setting or in a clinic setting, I should say. Now, if for some reason this uh, stem cell does not uh, perform or the patient doesn't benefit from this, of course, they can always escalate to a, a surgery or perhaps a knee replacement. So we use this as sort of preventing from some of these patients from going all the way to a knee replacement, especially if they are younger, where as you know that these joints at times could be and probably should be replaced every 10 to 15 years. So really we are postponing and delaying a major surgery and also reducing some of the cost to the patient. So if you can give me some examples, like let's talk about uh, skin cells and rejuvenating skin cells and things like that for burn victims. I mean, you guys do a lot of very important research and therapies. So break it down for me, if you can. How does it actually work? Like where do you begin with taking the skin cells? How much do you need? What are sort of those components that make up the, the process itself? So uh, that's a, a different technology, and uh, the process is as such. Uh, we can take a skin biopsy, uh, separate the dermis from the epidermis, go some type, uh, 
in a specific type of cells that is called dermal fibroblast. One can basically grow these cells to a large volume and get these cells to a uh, matrix uh, or on the scaffold and then uh, take these cells to bedside and use this both in trauma, burns, or in diabetic leg ulcers. So this is a what we call a 3D skin graft or a biologic uh, wound dressing. And this is this technology has been around, uh, and uh, there are uh, several products that are out there that are FDA approved uh, and have been used routinely in U.S. And in Europe and in other parts of the the world is a uh, definitely a product that uh, has shown efficacy in closing some of these wounds, especially in cases that the burn patient has uh, 60 to 70 percent uh, of their body is burned. They have very limited amount of tissue to donate uh, for the uh, surgeons to cover and close those wounds. So that is uh, really a uh, technology that is, uh, has shown a lot of effectiveness and has a lot of usage uh, in uh, both, uh, as I mentioned earlier, in trauma burns and uh, also in uh, diabetic uh, and other type of leg uh, ulcers. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that Invitrix is working on um, right now, some of the new developments or anything that you can kind of share and, and make public with us that you guys are working on. Yes, we are uh, definitely are uh, working uh, in immunocell therapy. We are uh, looking at uh, CAR-T or uh, what is known as the chimeric antigen receptor in the cancer therapeutic area. That's uh, one of the projects that is in our uh, pipeline. Also, we are trying to introduce to the market a product that is based on uh, fat cells, but as a universal donor, again, off the shelf in uh, graft versus host disease after transplantation, also targeting the same osteoarthritis of the joints, be it knee, hip or shoulder. So those are uh, some of the products or uh, ideas that uh, we have included in our pipeline. They are at early stages of development. We are in uh, uh, contact with uh, regulatory affairs and other bodies to make sure that uh, the path we are choosing uh, will uh, lead to introducing some of these products to the market in the next three to five years. What are you finding are some of the the biggest challenges or barriers that you've run into in this realm of stem cell technology? The uh, major uh, issues uh, are uh, are several. One is uh, that uh, you are trailblazing. There is a lot of uh, unknowns as far as the effectiveness and the mechanism of action with these uh, cells. Uh, the other uh, 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 sort of challenges is, uh, is our conversation with FDA as far as how the FDA sees the regulatory pathway. Again, 
both for us and for FDA. This is a new ground, so developing a clear line of communication and uh, keeping FDA informed about the process and uh, vice versa for FDA basically to uh, share uh, uh, and uh, 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 sort of understand our pathway and uh, if you will bless our pathway as far as what we are trying to do here so those are really the the challenges that are there and then educating both the uh, physician community and the patients that we can put this uh, uh, concept in a uh, uh, in a format that everyone can understand the potential and the benefits and the limitation of uh, stem cell. I think uh, there is a narrative out there that the stem cell is a cure-all or a magic potion where we mm -hmm. are trying to actually educate the populace and also the physician that is, uh, this is yet another pathway for them to use in practicing medicine. Similarly, if you get the uh, an infection, if you go to your doctor, the doctor is going to prescribe a, uh, antibiotics uh, at certain dosage and will ask you to take it at a certain frequency the two or three times a day. So we are really seeing a stem cell in that paradigm that we need to basically uh, include stem cell based on the disease and the condition and the stage of disease with uh, the patients that we come up with a protocol that our uh, physician community can put together that that's how you would deal, for example, with rheumatoid arthritis. It may be four or five different episodes or uh, infusion or injections uh, based on uh, several uh, millions of cells over certain period of time. I think that's where we need to develop this uh, uh, broad spectrum uh, protocols in order to make sure that the, the product is effective, but above all that the product is safe, is safe and it does not uh, do any harm to the patient or, uh, or community at large. So Habib, do you think that we as a society, are we past the point of really thinking of stem cell research and technology as any sort of ethical issue, or is that still kind of out there? Is there still some backlash or, or raised eyebrows and questions over, you know, things like that? Uh, definitely. I think that's uh, something that we uh, confront uh, on a daily basis. There is uh, the narrative uh, that was set forth uh, 20 some odd years ago, uh, the uh, the embryonic uh, stem cell uh, conversation, unfortunately, uh, has uh, uh, resonates with a certain segment of the population as being uh, unethical to use since uh, they feel that the embryo is uh, being uh, sort of used in a uh, in an inhumane. Uh, setting while uh, as long as uh, in research is concerned we are using adult stem cells or uh, uh, the cord blood is something that is being disposed of 
uh, every day uh, in all hospitals around the globe in a red bag. We are trying to get these cord blood stem cells to be put to use to reduce some of the pain and aggravation or the diseases that some of these uh, people, uh, people are facing. So yes, unfortunately, there is a uh, negative uh, narrative that is out there, and we are trying to really educate the populace that really our uh, goal here is not to get a, uh, a fetus or hurt another individual in order to help or uh, cure other diseases. Most of the technology that we have are here are uh, either cord blood or adult stem cell, be it fat or bone marrow or uh, uh, other type of cell. So really, uh, the, uh, this narrative is going to take time uh, for us to uh, change, but uh, I think in the last uh, uh, 10 years or so, we have seen a reduction in the emotional response that people have toward our uh, uh, core technology. Absolutely. So where do you see stem cell technology, let's say five, 10 years down the line, where do you think things are heading? The, uh, we are on the same track as uh, several other companies we have uh, in the last 10 to 15 years a lot of players that are coming in. Really, the idea is to have and to develop a universal donor of the chef product that one can use similarly to pills and uh, other medications. Uh, that's really the goal, to be specific, to have these cells developed for a specific conditions or a specific disease. Uh, that's a path that us and uh, the rest of the cell therapy or regenerative medicine is working toward uh, achieving. Uh, again, uh, as in science, uh, things take time, uh, and uh, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, we need to do a lot of due diligence uh, tests and retests uh, to make sure that we have a product that uh, uh, overall is safe and is effective in a certain specific type of diseases. That's really probably would be the goal for the next uh, five to 10 years, perhaps 20 years. I mean, do you have any final thoughts or, I wouldn't say predictions, but just some final thoughts or, or any sort of insight into what both you are doing as well as just the the technology in general for our listeners here today? The, uh, uh, we are, we are uh, optimists uh, about the future uh, as we try to do these clinical trials and uh, find these low-hanging foods where we can actually uh, reduce some of these pains, reduce some of these uh, invasive surgeries, perhaps help in the area of uh, the big challenge ahead is the type of cancers that are out there with the new technology that we have. Uh, again, I'm futuristic and I'm uh, optimistic that some of these products will see the, the light of the day, that they would be 
as uh, a tool, a uh, addition to what the, uh, the physician community and the health providers are uh, uh, or can use in order to alleviate some of this pain and suffering to some of these diseases that we have really today, we have no response to it. Be it this is be it Alzheimer, Parkinson, or among other uh, uh, horrible conditions that are out there that especially as our uh, uh, population ages, we're gonna see a lot of these challenges. Hopefully we can address uh, a few or maybe perhaps some of these conditions where we can add value to the quality of life of uh, some of these patients that uh, would need uh, this technology uh, in the future. Uh, you guys are doing some amazing work and really, again, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to speak with me. Now, for anyone who is looking for more information and would like to get in touch, what is the best way to reach you all? Yes, the uh, best way to uh, contact us is to send us an uh, email at uh, info, I-N-F-O at Invitrex, I-N-V-I-T-R-X dot com, and we'll have our team responding kind with uh, any type of questions or uh, concerns that the, the audience may have. All right. Well, thank you again, Habib. I appreciate your time today. This is Habib Torfi of Invitrex, and we look forward to seeing where this all takes you and, and following what you guys all come up with down the road. Thank you kindly again for the opportunity. Much appreciated. You have a wonderful rest of the day. You too, Habib. Take care. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.